0: welcome back to bull droppings everybody i'm josh mcswain here with my co-host aj torres and today we're going to talk about the last two weeks hope you all had a happy thanksgiving because the texans sure well it started out well but it didn't quite end the way we had hoped didn't go the way i thought for sure because you all remember we went into nashville And we upset the now tumbling Titans, who were at one point (laughs) the highest seed in the AFC. And now, without Derrick Henry, they are just in a state of turmoil. We follow up the big win in which we had four interceptions of Ryan Tannehill by absolutely laying an egg and allowing the Jets to take flight. Had a 14-3 lead, and like the South Park meme says, and it's gone. (laughs) Zach Wilson, with his mighty 145 passing yards and one interception, managed to beat us. Yep, that's the state of this team, folks.
1: Confusion, that's what.
0: Yep, Justin Reed was not active for the game against the Jets because of Um, a difference. Of opinion with David Collie and breaking the team rules, among other things, he's one of the few players left that I actually see genuine promise in. But it's like, nah. But sometimes I admit you gotta say if a guy gets out of line, he's not above the team. You gotta do something about it.
1: Uh, you know, it, it's one of those things where. Listen, send him out for the game and basically send in a bad message about the organization. Cully's new into the, ro- into the role, but me personally, I understand that this was an internal thing during a team meeting. And apparently he has stepped out of line and it was uh, him being uh, questioned about his coaching, which David Cully took offense to. Which, you know, that's happened in the past. Steve Smith, uh, senior, Hall of Famer, certainly doesn't like him because of something in his rookie year. I mean, you know, I won't hold that against uh, Coach Cully, but my only thing is is that that should have been a problem. It's like, listen, just deal with it internally. The fact that you had him sit out, I'll say this. For the two weeks we were off, if the weather is dry... Or if Desmond King is not on that field, it's a loss. But I also think, well, especially with uh, Desmond King, with the two picks. But I think if Justin Reed plays in that game against the Jets, I think that's another win.
0: Possibly.
1: It's uh, it's so funny because I actually looked at the mock draft so far.
0: The mm-hmm. Jets,
1: the Eagles. And one other team has two first-round picks right in a row. Mm -hmm. Like number three and number four, both to like the Jets, I think. (laughs) Eagles back-to-back first-round picks. It's starting to get ridiculous, man. I mean, we thought that the Texans were going to essentially get a top-three pick, and it's still looking like the case. This is a disarray and confusion. It's like, listen, Cully, I understand that you're the guy. No matter what, you're gonna have the job next year, unless you do something that goes into the category of Deshaun Watson allegations. You're the man, you get you're the guy that was chosen, you're picked. But I'm just concerned about what what's going on here. And I think me and you have thought about it. It's like we're not sure about the owner, the GM's in a different direction. The head coach is something else. Aren't the three supposed to be on page?
0: In good organizations, they are.
1: One's at the prologue, one's at the epilogue, and one's at like chapter 50, Ava, 250. This is ridiculous. This is absurd. This is an absolute freaking train wreck. Now, do they look functional, and is there promise in certain places? Yes, but when you say that Justin Reed... And there was talk about to see if he would be cut, which, by the way, I think at least 20 teams in the NFL would pick up Justin Reed, just saying. Yeah. At least 20. Hmm. No chance. You want a guy like that back because you're going to have to rebuild that whole defense. The pass rush is not great. I mean, you have Grenard, which I think is going to be a solid piece for a while, but... I mean, there's no guarantee guys like Desmond King are coming back. You want to try and sign those him and uh, Reed because otherwise, outside the secondary, this team's really got nothing. You can't build a defense with one guy in Grenard, bottom line.
0: No, you cannot.
1: Which, by the way, just saying, he's definitely so far up there for defense MVP of the team this year.
0: I mean, who else would you put against him? Would you put Gruger Hill up there with his team-leading 68 tackles? Cunningham just behind at 67? There really isn't a lot of competition for that. Lonnie Johnson with his three interceptions? 42 tackles?
1: Lonnie's definitely up there. Yes. But But the concept remains the same. The principle's the same, meaning... Not as much light as we would prefer.
0: Definitely not. It's
1: like it's like having a burnout light bulb versus an LED.
0: Yeah, that about sums it up. I'm, I was looking at the games from the past two weeks, and what you find is that the numbers on the offense are actually fairly similar. Tyrod throws for about 150 yards... Maybe a touchdown, usually an interception gets mixed in there. The leading rusher usually runs for about 40 to 50 yards. Brandon Cook is our only hope of getting into the end zone. Okay, maybe not the only one. Sometimes you'll have Brevin Jordan or Duke Johnson getting in there. Interestingly enough, Brevin Jordan is the only player other than Cooks with multiple touchdown catches this year. He's got two. Sad. He's got two. Cooks has three. You want to know what's more depressing about this offense? Mark Ingram is still our leading rusher.
1: Yes, I know. And do you want to know something that's more painful? Tell us. Only 28 catches so far. But wh- who did we trade before the season started? You remember his name? His name is. Catches. His name is Randall Cobb. And oh, let me I was tell you thinking
0: you were talking about running backs. That's why I was confused. I was like, no, a okay, guy on now a team I got that
1: it. 28 catches, 375 yards, five touchdowns. I mean, listen, on that team that's crowded in the wide receiver department, that guy meant a lot more to the offense than people think. And to no disrespect to any guy that was a filling guy and got let go or a Nico Collins, that's learning. But it just kind of goes like this. If you have to go and put your best guy out there, you sold off the second best offensive weapon on your team for a six-round pick. Yep. Now listen, Cobb isn't no scrub, okay? But the fact that you didn't get anything back, you didn't get a developmental player, you didn't get a draft pick high enough. Listen, I I hope for Casario's sake that that pick ends up being a great one or a fan favorite or something because this place needs light. You have Randall Cobb doing better than outside Outside Brandon Cook's uh, yardage-wise, probably, that should be the second-best receiver on the team, and it's not even close. What does this team do? They try to dink and dunk, and then they want to rush the ball in, shove it down your neck, but they don't have the offensive line to do so. Now, Howard's been good on the line, but outside of that, It's been subpar, and you can't have a good goal line rush without a good offensive line because you have 11 guys going after, I'm sorry, how many offensive linemen? Five, seven, even eight? Everybody is subpar versus those 11 guys. Everyone knows what play is coming. It's halfback dive. And most of the time they get stopped. It's no disrespect to the running backs. Philip Lindsay was talented. But it's gotta stop. It's absolutely gotta stop. It's disgraceful.
0: Three point two yards a carry, not that that's anything to really brag about. So David Johnson is the leading rusher of guys still on the team with still under two hundred rushing yards. And then you got Tyrod at 135, who's next? It's just like... Defensive coordinators have to love playing against us because we got no diversity at all. It's just, yeah, we could throw to Brandon Cooks. That's about it.
1: Yeah, and what do you do? You run the ball up the middle, you look for Brandon Cooks, or you find a wide receiver or tight end in the flat. Have you ever noticed that trend? It's like, hey, it's third and 15. Let's throw the ball to the flat and let's punt. Who the hell does that? It's like, try, damn it. Try.
0: Well, I mean, a lot of teams try and play the field position game and just trying to hang in another round with this other team. But, I mean, I guess you think about the risk of throwing an interception on a play more than 15 yards down the field. Some coaches are overly conservative and want to say, hey, We'll get him next time. But it is really interesting because you've talked before numerous times about old-type gunslinger quarterbacks. I was reading a story the other day that whenever Phil Sims was playing for the Giants and Bill Parcells was the coach, that he would tell Sims, if you don't throw two interceptions today, you're not taking enough risk. <laughs> Could you imagine that today? Today's because, a different game because I'll yeah. give
1: you a prime example. The prime example is if you take a guy like Dwayne Haskins. Think, think about it this way. If Tyrod Taylor, Zach Wilson, Baker Mayfield, if they throw for 150 yards and a touchdown, it's okay mediocre. Dwayne Haskins throws uh, about – Hard and 80 yards, a touchdown and two picks. He's garbage. It's like you throw two picks, one quarterback is labeled as garbage. Ryan Tannehill threw four interceptions, two to Desmond King, but it was absolutely porn rain. And if you had to put an asterisk on any game, it was because that game was absolutely it was painful to watch, no matter who you rude for. That was an ugly game. And both quarterbacks couldn't really get a grip on the ball. No, they really couldn't. Ryan Tannehill, in the pouring rain in Tennessee, in dry land, would have crapped down our necks. But it was wet. He threw lollipops. And, well, unfortunately, that's just the case. And as far as the Jet game, listen. You know, they have the worst rated corners in the NFL right now.
0: Who, the Jets or us? Yeah, the Jets. Okay, I was thankful because, yeah, like we've said, our secondaries are our only good thing. So I hope whoever's doing this doesn't hate our corners that much.
1: So, I don't know because, I, said... I mean,
0: there's PFF and everybody else comes out with their own unique ranks. And I don't ever understand a lot of it because it's all this, it's whatever this guy rates but it's not the same as this guy. This is more important than that. So it's just like, got to take all of that with a grain of salt. That's why I have a hard time getting into all that stuff.
1: I'm just saying, if you had to depend on the Jets secondary right now to have your life on the line for anything right now, you should call your attorney and fill out your last will and testament. Fair enough. That's just the bottom line. And the fact that this team, I don't care who's calling the plays. I don't care who is quarterback. Listen, you want to argue Taylor? You want to go with Mills? Fine. You could go with either. But guess what? Nobody on this team could put up that effort against the Jets? Come on. It's disgraceful. Because the way that defense plays... Unless that improved otherwise. Every team in the NFL, outside maybe the Lions that don't have their act together, should be able to score 20-plus points in that game unless it is horrific weather. Right. It was good playing against the Jets. And what happens? Disappointment. Mm-hmm. You had the future governor of Utah and Zach Wilson show you up. It's embarrassing. It's absolutely embarrassing. Offensively, I, that's unfathomable. Listen, I won't blame the defense because anytime that this defense, because they have a wide receiver who could really run the ball and Elijah Moore he is a lot more talented than people are giving him credit for uh michael carter also uh talent who, who's proven himself they have the tools on offense the defense i think did their job but this offensive unit when you needed them to show you something And they had the bad defense to show you what they're made of. They fooled around. They didn't make their plays. And what happened when you really need them to pull through? They browned their pants and effed up the whole program.
0: Yeah, pretty much. Disgraceful. Painful. So these last six games, as we look at them, I don't know that we're going to get any more than one weighing out of them, if that. And I just wonder, is the team just going to throw in the towel and just quit on David Cully? And if that happens, could Cully be out of here and looking for another guy this off season? I still think it is doubtful that Cully would get canned at this point. Mina, obviously I've had my theory for a long time that casario is just buying his time in the head coaching search and he's just trying to get some foundation of a roster going and then get his true desired head coach in here but yeah that could take some time we're just gonna have to see what ultimate roadmap casario lays out but just as long as the players continue to play for cully that's all i'm really hoping for at this point Uh. but now as we look forward to the rest of the year we got those games back to back with the Seahawks and at the Jaguars which are games that could be winnable but those don't happen until we go through another encounter with the Colts which happens this Sunday Uh. and last time we played that team, oh boy there was lots of pain.
1: Not only that, but listen, it doesn't matter if you call, oh, this division, that division. Right now, if I had to vote in MVP, his name is Jonathan Taylor, and it doesn't matter if Grenard ate his Wheaties that morning. This team is just not built to stop him on his... Jonathan Taylor on a bad day is still going to clobber this team. Sadly. Jonathan Taylor got stopped by Tampa, and by stop, he still rushed for 83 yards and a touchdown. Mm-hmm. The Bucks' all- defense is just phenomenal. What the hell is he going to do with a defense that's in shambles? You're going to have... Listen... As far as throwing the ball, I get it. Once it's going to be inconsistent. But if you give Jonathan Taylor the rock and have him run off tackle with that good offensive line, who, as far as I'm concerned, is healthy right now, is there a chance that he could go for 200 yards, if not close to it? I think it's likely. Well, 200 yards is always
0: a tough wager to make. I mean, you look at the first game, he ran for 145 on just 14 carries. That's averaging over 10 yards a pop, which is ridiculous. Two touches. It's just going to be another long day. Of course, you also wonder if they're going to give some carries to Naheem Hines and the other guys, so... They don't want to waste Jonathan Taylor, well I shouldn't say waste, use him up too quickly. They want to preserve him for the stretch run. So, I truly think that might be a factor here and might limit how much damage he does to this poor defense. I can't see him getting more than 20 touches in this game. Just out of the Colts wanting to preserve him. But anyways, bigger question in this game is, are we going to score a touchdown?
1: Is this team going to score a touchdown? You know, I'm going to say yes.
0: Who scores it?
1: (sighs) Hmm. Who scores it? Hmm.
0: We got Johnson, we got Cooks, we got Jordan, we got Taylor on the ground.
1: You know, let me throw an odd one here. Okay. I, might, I might as well take a shot in the dark and be crazy since I'm here and we're already debating about touchdowns with the Houston Texans. So bear with me here. What well, if I just go out on the women's say, Nico Collins?
0: All right. I like that.
1: Let's just go crazy because we're crazy.
0: Yeah. I'll throw my own in there. How about Jordan Akins?
1: Jordan Akins. Yeah, it's a good uh, name. To th- a good uh, hat to throw in the ring. huh? But yep. he- here's the painful question. And we ask this every week. Final score.
0: Oh boy. I think. I think I'm going to go with Colts 30 and the Texans 10.
1: How about I go 31 to 13? Okay. In favor of the Colts. So I think that's four touchdowns and a field goal for the Colts. I think it's going to be a touchdown to uh, field goals for the Texans. All right. And I think that's fair, because if you look at on paper, if you look at the MVP candidate right now in Jonathan Taylor, and let me tell you something, even if that guy only runs 20 carries this year, or I'm sorry, this game, I still think he's going to get, I'd say, at least 120.
0: Right, that's fair enough.
1: I mean, I haven't looked at the uh, – I can only have the uh, – through my app, I can only get the odds for it the uh, night before. But I could definitely tweet out and uh, let you know the over-under for Jonathan Taylor if it comes in. All right. That but sounds I think, good. I think it's going to be uh, crazy up there. Like, I'm pretty sure the sports booker is going to say, like, uh, 90 – Plus, but we'll see.
0: Well, there you have it, folks. Another week with not a lot of optimism thus far. Please remember to check us out on Twitter at Texans Talk Pod, where we keep you updated on all things Texans throughout the week and on game days. And, AJ, do you have any final thoughts?
1: Watch hockey.
0: Even though there's still no NHL team in Houston,
1: hey, let, that's what I, we're
0: going with, folks.
1: By by that that means watch one. Think think of it. As we record this, January, I'm sorry, December first of 2021. There's gonna be a baseball lockout, which basically mm-hmm. it's here. Yep. The Rockets are rebuilding, and unfortunately, John Wall doesn't even have a piece of action. And then you have the texans watch a hockey team may not even be in texas who knows the coyotes actually might move to texas
0: yeah there have been rumors about that i know that tillman i always forget how to say the guys last the rockets owner he wanted to bring an nhl team in but that kind of flamed out quickly yeah, and I don't think that many Houstonians would be caught dead rooting for a Dallas team in the stars. So exactly. after that, it's like, who's left? Who's the next uh, closest NHL team to Houston? Would it be um, Nashville maybe. and the Predators? I don't think many people would be up for that. You got the St. Louis Blues, maybe.
1: I mean, at that point, I mean I mean, there's Florida. That's you're the only other Florida. ones I can
0: think of, but geography is not really the strongest suit off the top of my head as far as which well, city would be the closest. It's just probably Nashville, but
1: you can't do it you're you a kid. Know. You find a cool jersey, you find a cool player and you just say like it in.
0: Yeah. Or maybe you're a snowbird that comes south and you'll root for one of the Canada teams. That's always a possibility. Very true. Okay. So that just sums it up for us. So on behalf of AJ Torres, I'm Josh McSwain. Thank you all once again for listening. We'll see you next time.